Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts with a look at California agricultural news. Early registration for the 2024 Crop Consultant Conference hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors is now open. The popular event for certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, grower applicators, and industry professionals is the mainstay for all continuing education needs this year and will take place on September 25th and 26th at the Visalia Convention Center. Visit myaglife.com slash events for the early discounted rate of $275 per person, which includes the live conference, a trade show with 70-plus exhibits, first-class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. We'll see you there. The California Agricultural Leadership Foundation has named Nikki Casio and Sal Perra Jr. to its board of directors. Casio is a founder and CEO of Measure to Improve LLC, which supports fresh produce industry producers and processors in measuring, improving, and building credible sustainability programs that generate environmental, social, and financial benefits. Part of a multi-generational California farming family, she has served on boards and committees for organizations such as International Fresh Produce Association, Specialty Crops Coordinating Council, and more. Para Jr. is the director of farming for Buford Ranch, a multi-generational family operation that grows nuts, vegetables, and row crops. He's also an owner and partner of Coyula Farms, a family-owned operation that grows almonds, pistachios, wheat, alfalfa, corn, and Angus beef cattle. Paris serves on the boards for the Fresno County Farm Bureau and the James Groundwater Sustainability Agency. He is a member of Class 7 of the Western Growers Future Volunteer Leaders Program. He earned a bachelor's degree in agricultural business in 2008 and an MBA in 2015, both from Fresno State University. He is also a member of Class 46 of the California Agricultural Leadership Program and previously served as a CAF Education Team Liaison on the Ag Leadership Alumni Council. Flory Industries has added a robot-aided model to the nut harvesters it makes in Salida. The company teamed up with Bonsai Robotics in what appears to be the first such machine in California. The technology uses cameras and artificial intelligence to guide the rig down to orchard rows. It will save labor and reduce dust, according to President Todd Willey. The machine itself is a sweeper, the second of the three harvest steps. The first shakes the nuts off the trees, the second spreads the crop to dry for a few days, and a third loads it onto trucks bound for processing plants. Bonsai is based in San Jose and has a test farm in Davis. The partners unveiled the sweeper at the recent World Ag Expo held in Tulare. Flory manufactures equipment for almonds, walnuts, and pistachios. Most buyers are in California, according to the company. The company exports machines to numerous nations around the world as well. Flory's new sweeper has a driverless option, but it is not yet allowed by the California Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board. Monarch Tractor of Livermore has petitioned to lift the ban. The agency slowed the approval process at the behest of groups concerned about farm worker injuries if tractors go out of control. Willie said that even without the autonomous feature, the robot-aided sweeper will save time during the hectic harvest and enhance crop quality. California Walnuts is kicking off a nationwide communications effort to help draw awareness to cardiovascular disease, the number one cause of death globally during American Heart Month. An integrated approach that spans retail registered dietitian partnerships, digital ads, consumer communications, health professional outreach and influencer partnerships, among other tactics, will be featured to encourage consumers to choose walnuts through February and beyond. 
Since 1993, published research has been exploring how eating walnuts affects various factors related to heart health, such as cholesterol, blood pressure, inflammation, and blood vessel function. Consumer-directed communications will highlight the many ways to incorporate walnuts into heart-healthy dishes, and retailers are encouraged to highlight walnuts as heart-healthy benefits to their shoppers through in-store displays, digital media, and feature ads, with more than 5,800 stores already signed on to participate. California Walnuts also has provided retail dietitians with resources and samples to support Heart Month activities. In a significant shift for Sonoma County's agricultural landscape, Manzana, the only apple processing facility in Sebastopol, has announced its relocation to Washington in 2025. This move is being attributed to the need for modernization and proximity to the majority of its organic apple supply, and it marks the end of a 101-year legacy in California, according to the company. Manzana's decision reflects the logistical and economic challenges of operating away from the primary source of its raw materials, with 90 percent of its organic apples currently sourced from Washington. This relocation is part of a broader trend of businesses moving out of California. The departure is seen as a loss to the region's rich agricultural tradition, including the support Manzana has provided to the Gavinstein Apple Fair. Challenges such as zoning restrictions and the high cost of living in Sonoma County were also factors in the decision. Manzana aims to offer ample notice to its employees, allowing them time to seek new opportunities or relocate with the company, according to a press release. Dairy Council of California, a leader in nutrition education and advocacy, has awarded over $45,000 in community grants to assist California schools and community-based organizations with innovative and sustainable solutions to foster healthy eating and meet local needs. The purpose of the grants is to advance Dairy Council of California's Let's Eat Healthy initiative, which engages nutrition champions to support equitable access to science-based nutrition education. Funds also go to support food and agricultural literacy and help make healthy, wholesome foods, including milk and dairy foods, more accessible for local California communities. Awardees include the My Healthy Reader in Riverside County, Griffiths Middle School, Downey Unified School District in Los Angeles County, Centennial Farm, located in Orange County, Ladera Ranch Middle School, Capistrano Unified School District in Orange County, and Community Housing Opportunities Corporation Youth Services Program, located in Solano County. Whether for economic reasons or because of the inability to access orchards because of the weather last winter, inadequate winter sanitation efforts are becoming increasingly evident. Industry reports confirm high damage numbers in last season's crop and navel orange worm is likely the main culprit. To combat this issue, experts are advocating for a comprehensive integrated pest management plan that begins with good winter sanitation, but labor and inputs are costly. In the current economic climate where every dollar spent requires meticulous scrutiny, understanding the economic impact of now is of paramount importance. Brittany Goodrich, Assistant Cooperative Extension Specialist at the University of California, Davis, emphasizes the need for a closer examination of expenditures on pest management practices. In a collaborative effort, Goodrich and her team at UC Davis conducted an in-depth analysis to quantify the economic impact of now on growers. Their study involved assessing 53 conventional chemical pesticide products and seven mating disruption products, considering the number of applications and associated costs. The research revealed that on average, statewide, 1.4 pesticide applications are applied per acre to control now. However, this figure exhibits significant variability based on geographic location. 
For instance, in Placer County with fewer almond orchards, the application rate was 0.2 per acre. In contrast, in Fresno County with a more extensive almond presence, they saw an application of two applications per acre. In terms of cost, the statewide average amounted to $99 an acre, encompassing both application costs and mating disruption costs when applicable. Again, the costs varied by county, with Placer County totaling $8 an acre and Fresno County reaching $146 an acre on average. This past harvest is proof that there is an obvious need for more resources to help growers assess the economic impact of various IPM practices, which is why UC Davis is piloting the now IPM program comparison decision tool. This innovative tool empowers growers to input combinations of different IPM programs, allowing them to determine the most effective strategy for their specific operation. Using the decision tool, Goodrich presented a case study comparing Program 1 involving winter sanitation, spring pesticide application, and whole split pesticide application with Program 2, which consisted of winter sanitation, mating disruption, and whole split pesticide application. The tool revealed that while reject percentages were identical between the two programs, Program 2 resulted in less price loss at about $35 an acre. Beyond comparing programs, the tool provides valuable insights into a farmer's break-even point, considering factors such as damage percentages, input costs, and market prices for almonds. Goodrich emphasized the significance of considering more expensive pest management methods like mating disruptions, stating that the initial cost may be outweighed by lower damage rates, making it a net benefit for growers. As the egg industry navigates the challenges posed by now infestations, understanding the economic impact is crucial. In these times of economic uncertainty, the tool from UC Davis can enable growers to make informed decisions that balance cost, damage rates, and overall profitability. Just a quick reminder, the California Irrigation Institute's 62nd Annual Conference kicks off today, and it takes place both today and tomorrow. It is being held at the Hilton Sacramento Arden West. For information on speakers, presentations, and topics, go to the California Irrigation Institute website. This year's theme is Fluid Futures Adapting to Extremes. California rice growers will have a new herbicide available this year, Cliffhanger, manufactured by Gow & Company. The active ingredient is benzobicycline, which is the same as one of the two active ingredients in the currently registered herbicide Butte. Cliffhanger is a soluble liquid formulation which can be applied by ground rig or airplane, including as a direct stream application into the water. In contrast, Butte is a granular formulation as a pre-formulated mixture of benzobicycline and halosulfuron. To use either product, applicators must attend a training and be certified. Controlled weeds are sprangle top, rice field bulrush, and small flower umbrella sedge. The application timing begins from day of seeding up to 82 days before harvest. Recommended timing for sedges is pre-emergent up to the 5 leaf stage and for sprangle top pre-emergent up to the 2.5 leaf stage as well as at tillering. UCCE Rice Advisor Whitney Brim DeForest said it will be a good addition to the toolbox for California rice growers. It's the same mode of action, the same chemical as a currently registered herbicide which is butte. Um, but it's a different formulation. So it will allow us to put it on at a different timing, 
Um, also, perhaps tank mix with other things that we've not been able to tank mix with before. So yes, it's it's going to be a great new tool for us. Cliffhanger should only be applied once per season. It is not recommended that it be applied in the same season as any other HPPD inhibitor product like Butte. Applying both in the same season can select for herbicide resistance and may cause significant phytotoxicity to the rice. Repeated applications both during the same season or season after season can select for resistance, particularly in Sprangletop, Ricefield Bulrush, and Smallflower Umbrella Sedge. Brim DeForest said having both herbicides available to growers, though, offers more flexibility. Butte is a granular formulation, so that has to go on uh, relatively early in the season and by airplane. Um, cliffhanger, because it is a liquid formulation, could go on by ground rig. So folks that, you know, have their own ground rig could put it on. It can also go on a little bit later in the season than Butte, which is a, a nice uh, option to have as well. And just having that slightly later timing can mean that we are able to control uh, a little bit of different weed spectrum at that time. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Jalstrom. Recently, the National Produce Prescription Collaborative hosted a fly-in that coincided with the first comprehensive Food is Medicine Summit hosted by the Department of Health and Human Services. The International Fresh Produce Association serves on a steering committee of the collaborative, scaling produce prescriptions and embedding them as a covered benefit in the federal health system is part of IFPA's strategic efforts to grow consumption of fresh fruits and vegetables and improve community health across the U.S. With 250 produce prescription programs currently operating in the U.S., the reality is they need this to scale the change to the course of the nation's health, according to IFPA Vice President of Nutrition and Health, Molly Van Lu. Incorporating this program into the standards of clinical care for Medicare, Medicaid, the Veterans Health Administration, and Indian Health Services, which cover more than 150 million Americans, could be transformational, she said. Recent data also makes the case for the effectiveness of produce prescriptions. Last year, Tufts University found produce prescriptions for 40 to 79-year-olds facing diabetes could prevent 296,000 cases of cardiovascular disease over their lifetimes. Such a program would cost $18,000 annually for each year of life gained, which is comparable to costs for screenings and control for blood pressure, cholesterol, and cancer. A North Carolina nonprofit transformed a $500,000 produce prescription prescription grant and turned it into $8 million in redemption of fruit and vegetables in a little over a year. Lower income consumers in the impacted market are now doubling their spend on fruits and vegetables. And fly-in participants met with 19 influential policymakers from both sides of the aisle, including those with oversight on agricultural appropriations. The HHS summit saw the announcement of three public-private partnerships between the agency and Feeding America, Instacart, and the Rockefeller Foundation, as well as the release of five principles that will guide the agency's work. Those principles are as follows. Recognizing that nourishment is essential for good health, well-being, and resilience facilitating easy access to healthy food across the health continuum in a community, cultivating understanding of the relationship between nutrition and health, uniting partners with diverse assets to build sustained and integrated solutions, and investing in a capacity of under-resourced communities. Produce prescriptions are food as medicine interventions, according to Van Lu. She says there's plenty of evidence in other federal programs, like the USDA Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Program, that proves how fruits and vegetables can decrease health problem issues like obesity, but also influence positive health outcomes, such as the popular 
fruit and vegetable cash value benefit in women, infants, and children program. IFPA will continue to contribute their industry's voice and expertise and fight for their involvement in important policy and regulatory discussions involving fresh produce. Innovation continues to be valued by agriculture as tools and technologies to address future challenges and opportunities. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has the story. Science, technology, innovation, all important aspects of advancing agriculture productivity and addressing issues such as natural resources conservation. A USDA Ag Outlook Forum plenary panel offered examples of such efforts. We're seeing a lot of programs, a lot of tools that are making real-time on-farm data accessible to farmers, and the cost of those tools continues to decrease as it becomes more common. We're really after developing sustainable aviation fuels based on agricultural feedstocks that can basically grant that decarbonized value all the way to the final customer. It's about generating opportunity, generating more from the same footprint because our populations are going to grow, our needs are going to grow. Perspectives from Jennifer for delegate of the National Association of Conservation Districts, Paul Bloom of GEVO, and Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau among the panelists at this Ag Outlook Forum event. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Paul Shadag is Senior Vice President of Real Estate Operations with Farmers National Company, which is a real estate firm that specializes in U.S. farmland real estate purchases and sales. He discusses current U.S. farmland real estate trends. Encouraged and amazed that the agriculture market is as resilient as it has been, because even though we've seen commodity markets decline over the past six months, inflation increase, interest rates increase, that land market has remained fairly stable and we still have a large pool of buyers that's motivated to come in and buy ag land. With lower commodity markets and other pressures, he says we are likely to witness a flattening of value reaching a plateau. If I graph this over 25 years, I can show you where we've had rallies in the land market and then it plateaus and then it rallies and it plateaus. And we're kind of at that point where we've rallied. We had a a great rally during 2012 to 2014. It plateaued. We had a great rally 21 and 22. And we're just kind of kind of plateauing. I think we're setting a new normal in land values. Unless we have some extreme dynamics in the ag economy, I think we'll continue to maintain values. Once again, Paul Shadag with Farmers National Company. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.